2: All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 59. My name's Turner Sparks. My name is Mordechai Kaplan, former ping pong player for the Israeli team. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at Turner B Sparks on Twitter. You can find Kaplan at K-A-P-Cap in America. On the podcast today, we have Mr. Bing. Brian Goldberg, Cap, I believe you might have been referencing something (laughs) that we're gonna ask him about much later, which will make sense in about 30 minutes. He, Brian, okay, okay, where do we start? Brian Goldberg is the um, owner, currently the owner of Mr. Bing, which is this Jim Bing, these Chinese crepe store in New York City. They have four stores, it's incredibly popular, it's growing. He is from New York, he lived in China, he came back to America, he opened this, he's done a lot of stuff along the way. We're gonna get to that in a bit. But to start out, Cap, your soccer team, what's going on with Teddy? Yeah, I got the last final game of the season's coming up this week. We haven't. We have not won yet. We haven't won we have a game. Not, yet. We, we have tied one when you were we tied gone. tied one when I was gone. Uh, they told me it was a tie. Maybe they were lying to me. Okay. But we yeah we haven't won one since I've been on the sidelines. We had a couple games since we've last spoke. One of the games we got run off the field to the point where the other coach apologized to me. Said I'm really sorry. He was like trying to help us score. He was like basically ordering his kids to stand all the way back after they oh, would score. He was treating you like he a pi- yeah, like a I, like a special kid. Yeah, and I was trying to like fire the team up. Look what he's doing. I get out there and. It didn't work. That's a slap in the yeah. face. But then we played a team the following week. Last week, that I was like, "Oh my god!" Early on, we start, jumped out to a three nothing lead. Oh my god! The kids were focused. They were playing defense. I was like, "We're going to win this game." They slapping the floor. And you know, they Teddy after the three nothing lead, Teddy then came out like gangbusters in the second half and had a hat trick. He did. And, yeah, and a yet second half hat trick. Yeah, and yet we still lost seven to six. Oh I believe. <laughs> but you know, it was because our best player got hit in the head with a ball, and then he didn't want to play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like Teddy was out there with two kids. He was really uh, carrying the team out there in the second half, and he he was he wanted to win, and uh, we so just look at you, so blaming we, the rest of well, the team. Well, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying Teddy came to play. He's saving the coach. He's basically saying, you, I'm, "I'm coming back next year. You got to bring the coach back with you." Sure. So that I appreciate that good effort, but this week I'm going to need him, and I'm going to need the, I'm going to need the other kids to step rally around this coach. We need the whole team. If you believe in me, guys, I need a win. I need one win. Nobody wants to. You don't want. Well, already, you, we got the first pick locked up. We can win now. No more tanking. Have you ever thought possibly that they're throwing games to try to get you fired? Oh, my God. That old move. <laughs> oh, you think they've the, quit on me? The, the team's quit they, on me? The minute they get a new coach <laughs> in, they're going to start winning games immediately. I'm like Jeff Fisher or something. Like, next year, some, some smart guy who actually knows where you're supposed to kick the ball part of The foot's going to come in, and they're going to. I believe they've quit on you. Uh, all right. Well, we'll find out soon. All right. Well, we'll see. But, okay, but also coming up. November thirtieth, everybody, live podcast. Get your t- tickets are on sale now. StandupNewYork dot com, dot com. Go there. You can go to our website. We have a link. Um, go and the show. Okay, so on the show we have Ronnie Chang from The Daily Show is going to be doing stand up plus this is going to sit down for an interview in front of a live audience. No. We have Michael Costa from the Daily Show. Stand Up Plus Live Interview. We have a special guest we cannot announce yet. Ooh, mystery I, guest. Mystery guest who's going to sit in for the news with us. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, also, you can oh, tickets are $10 if you use the promo code ENS, ENSE ENSE at checkout. But only before November twenty sixth. That is yeah. this Sunday. So and frankly, it's going to be sold out before then anyway. So get moving, people. Get your tickets because otherwise, the price goes up to fifteen dollars after that. So get them while they're hot. Get them while they're ten bucks. Yeah, and even if it, tell your friends, even if they don't like our podcast, if they like the Daily Show, come on out and exactly. Know. If you like us or the Daily Show, we're exa- yeah. we're basically polar opposites. So you're going to like <laughs> one or the other, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, and if you can't come to New York, fly into New York. But if you can't come to New York. Go to Amazon. Yeah, and if you fly in, I will buy you a drink. Look at that. So there you go. Cap will buy you a drink. Blue Shirt's already got his tickets. He's going to be there. Yeah, he actually went somewhere else and is taking a flight now to come in so he can get me to buy him a drink. Ikram's <laughs> going to be there. All the pod characters yeah. are coming in for this. Yeah. Ever it's going to be a blast. Randy, uh, yay everyone's going to be there. he's going to be there, Randy. And Amazon, last thing, Amazon, support our pod. If you can't come to the live show, go to Amazon. Go to our website, lostinamericapod.com. Click on the top right hand corner, of the Amazon advertisement. It doesn't say Amazon on it, it's very right. confusing. Once you click that, it'll take you back to Amazon, do your regular shopping. The yeah. percentage of whatever you buy comes to us. Get all of your Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa gifts there. Please. The holidays are here. Yeah. Should we get to Lost in America? Uh, sure, let's do it. Play the music. <laughs> Alright, we're back. Cap, once again, you're lost in America this week. What's yeah. going on? This is breaking news. An email just came in and it's got me, kind of crap in my pants here. I'm a little nervous. I don't know how to proceed. What is it? I just got an email from the, uh, I get so much email from the soccer league, from the commissioner, sure, and the coordinators, and there's so many people involved in this league. I got invited to a party this weekend for the volunteers. I got invited to a game. To play in, which I'm not going to go to because, as bad as I am as a coach, I don't want anyone to see me as a player. That will just ruin my all oh my the whole mystique. So, what's but, the email? But this is the third email I got. Three emails came in, and the third email says, uh, I got to do um, evaluations. New way of doing it this year, it says on here. And it says, because they want, essentially, they want to make sure that the teams are balanced. And there's games, there's teams in the spring and the fall, there's two, the season. They want to make sure the teams are balanced. They clearly didn't do a good job of that for the fall. Based on the way my team, they oh yeah, considering you lost every game, yeah. So they want you to rate your kids um, in, uh, you know, for skills, in offense, defense, goal, every, all their skills, and they're going to use that ranking to then try to balance things out for the spring and make sure that they divide up the teams. So one more time, so they want you to rate the players on your team, right? Exactly. Done. Let's do it. Okay. Are we rating now? I mean, I, why no time like the present, right? Yes. Let's do it. So, I give guess, me a couple things. What do we get? A one out of ten? A one out of ten. Okay, okay. let's do it this way. You describe them. I'll give. I'll give the rating. And we're not going to be using any names here. I no. No libel. No. Uh... Exactly. We'll call them. Just don't say a name. Just say the Mexican kid. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the fat Mexican kid. We I got the use girl. The fat Mexican kid. Would have put him in gold. <laughs> you know. But uh, anyway, um, or any fat kid for that matter. Yeah. But uh, so okay. Fat kids are better in gold because they take up more space. Yeah, it's kids in gold. <laughs> at this age, that's all they do. These kids have. It's like put. Or, like, lay him down. Just the law. Because they're not allowed to use your hands. The so there's no reflexes. Physics. It's the law of physics. Yeah, yeah block the goal. <laughs> you could actually, I would have stuck four kids in the goal. I would never, wouldn't allow any points. It would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good but anyway, so, all right. So, we got Kid A. Okay, Kid A. Kid A um, is uh, kind of, doesn't like to kick the ball. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good start. He's kind of, like, likes to run up to the, the same way, like, my uh, dog, Pancakes, will, like, run up to other dogs, big dogs, and, like, try to sniff the butt. But then, sure. like, when they turn around at her, she runs away. Okay. He's kinda of that way with soccer. He's very good at going to the action. He runs to the action. But then when the ball's there and it's time to kick it, he just kinda of like turns around and runs back. He's more of an observer. More of an observer. But he's quick. He's got he's pretty fast. He'd be a good sideline reporter. Yeah, and if the ball hits him right in the leg and he has no choice, he's pretty good at kicking it like back. Okay. But He doesn't really – and if, like, he's playing defense and someone comes at him, he just kind of clears. It's, like, opens (laughs) up the lane. (laughs) He lets him go. He's matador defense. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there's my description. He's a good kid. He shows up. uh, Oh, because you also have to wink them on on attendance because it's it's important. Kids don't show up every week. Hey, 90% of success is showing up. You do have to have a team. I think it's 99%. So I'm going to go ahead because I know this better. I'm going to give him a a 10 on attendance, so that'll be good because he's showing up every week, I believe. Okay, so overall, I'm going to give him – But I got overall skills, and I got defensive skills and offensive skills. What do you give him? Oh, let's just go overall. we, go we got to do this oh, okay. quick. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I'm going to give him a 7 out of 10. Really? Because I haven't heard of any of the other kids yet. <laughs> oh, wait, but he's <laughs> but never kicked based the ball. In the, it's no, basically no, 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 a no, whole league, though. I give him a, a 3. You're not ranking them against the kids on the team. Yeah. Ah, okay, 3. 3 yeah, out yeah. of 10. Let's, well, we're not going to be that kind of school that gives everyone 100. Okay, Otherwise, good, we're not good, doing good. our jobs yeah. here. This is uh, Junction. This is Junction Okay, kid 2. Yeah, okay. Kid B. He is our leading scorer. He can put the ball in. Uh, he's he's got energy. He can just take the ball and just go with it. Okay, run. He can kick it. Scores the goal. Um, but he's also like a little temperamental. If the, we start losing, he likes to run off the pitch and not play anymore. Ooh, uh, that's bad for uh, team chemistry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he doesn't really play any defense. <laughs> sounds uh, like no one plays defense. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll get to that. So, okay. What do you think about this one? This sounds like a Boogie cousin situation yeah, to me. He's our Boogie. He's very talented, but sometimes, yeah, a, a locker room cancer. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'll give him a. I'll give him a five. Oh, because okay. at some point you need talent. Yeah, he does have talent. He's, yeah, got yeah, yeah. he's the only one who really consistently can score, if need be. So. Okay, let's go five. And you're gonna give him five. I'm gonna give him probably a little higher. Just What's his attendance? He's about a, a nine on attendance. Nine out of ten. I think he's been there every week but one. I'll so. give him a 6 then. Ten. I'll All give right. him a six. All right, uh, kid, thir- kid, kid, C. We'll call him. Okay. Um, he's got um excellent. I'm just gonna tell you, he's got international genes. So I see. I think he's gonna. Ten. Be- I'll give him a ten. <laughs> I think he's got promise. <laughs> And he's wait, got wait, international hair. like me? Like, uh... No, no, he's like, both of his parents weren't born in America, so I feel like he's got soccer genes, uh, and he's got good, cool soccer hair going. He's got a good look. But he doesn't really, uh, he's another one who doesn't really like to, the ball to come at him. <laughs> he's a little, he's not as afraid of the ball, but he doesn't, he likes to play defense, never wants to play offense, refuses to play offense. That's not bad. But, you know, sometimes on defense he sort of uh, doesn't pay attention. That's a that's a, that's a big problem on the whole team, but he's probably number one. <laughs> Sounds like a beam. Where he doesn't really look at the ball coming at him. He just sort of like like he's like kicks it and then turns around or doesn't he runs he runs like facing back like running looking the way you're running. So you're not looking at the other team when he's, running, <laughs> when he's backpedaling. So the ball's you know, he's on defense, but teams will score. He anyway. loses the ball sometimes. Yeah. So what's his uh what's his attitude? What's his attendance? His attendance is excellent. He, he's a 10 on attendance. He was mad that they didn't have the game last week because it was called because it was cold. Okay. One week. So he wants to um, play. He wants to play. does like to play. He's a little, yeah, so that's good. Good I'll attitude. Go, let's go five. Five. All right. Yeah, That yeah. seems like a fair rating. And then um, I'll give you, I guess, one more kid. Oh, give me one more kid. One more kid. Kid D, because, you know, we have... Yeah. Uh, se- they're all kind of have the same issues. That my team. <laughs> it's the system we run. I have a, t- I have a team that's a broad stroke. At I some t- point, you got to point the finger at I have a team yourself. of intellectuals, and they're, they're like they think about things. They don't just run. Like yeah. you know, kid B is the closest to a kid who runs, but they're all going to be coaches yeah. someday. Yeah. So kid D, I will tell you, is um, excellent on defense. He's our best defender. He's uh, can actually make plays on defense. He's the, he's a good. He listens to coaching. And like one of our coaches drew up a play that involved passing. And he made a pass. It's the first completed pass all season, he made the pass backwards because <laughs> the other player didn't run with him. The other kid stayed in the back. So he actually passed the ball to the wrong side of the field. But, wow. Uh, and he's, um, coming, he's improving as a kicker, and he scored, he scored some goals recently. So he's got one issue in that he refuses to practice. He just sits oh, there. I like that. He does not participate. He's the Alan Iverson. He's the He does not participate in the practice. Sometimes he just runs off from no practice and leaves the pitch to go to like <laughs> another game. Um, and he, when he, but and he like Iverson. He's, he's got two speeds. Either he doesn't want to play, or he doesn't want to come out. Refuses to come out. But he's got a spin move. And so, what do you give this one? I'm gonna give him an eight. I love the non-practicing. <laughs> I love the spin move. And I love that he scored a couple goals. All right. So I'm going to, this is the one I'm going to disagree with you why, and I have a very good reason. Okay. This is Teddy Kaplan. Oh! And I don't want to give him an eight, and I got one reason. I want to give him like a two. Oh. Because I want him to be in a stacked team next fall. So I got to give him a low rating. Because if he's at a low rating, they're going to balance him out with some superstars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And okay. he's going to be in a better mood. If he, he wants to join like the Warriors, like he wants to be Omri Caspery. Yeah. He wants to play for the minimum, get a ring. And then he can use that experience to move on. So I don't want to give him an eight, but thank you for that. Okay. Anonymous eight. <laughs> I'll tell him. So that's, that's – that's, that's, I think we've settled some things here. I never know where I'm going. Thank you. All right, great. Well, now, ints is an app. It is. and We, we an have app? someone insing again this week. We're doing something a little different. Yeah, we're changing so it up. We talked to Ikram and the boys upstairs, <laughs> and they said hey, we can pick any ins of the week, any ins that somehow relates to our podcast. We'll play it. I don't even think these people know we're playing it. It's a little bit creepy, but they put it out there. It's public. So we're going to take that ins. we're going to play it now, and we'll answer whatever question they're asking. So let's play the ints. All right, let's play it.
0: <laughs> so I'm here with my best friend, Emma, and we are looking through... Um my India article for Chow Magazine, and Ema actually had a really interesting fact to share with us. So everyone in America, or in English, is just always calling it chai. It's not chai people, it's cha. I'm not really sure who put the I there, but it's cha. And when you guys are talking about chai tea, you're just saying tea tea, or titties. Because <laughs> chai actually means tea. Chai means tea, or cha, cha, cha means tea. Yeah. Ciao. So you would just so if you were to order a drink, you would say Cha. Yeah. Can I have some Cha. Or, mm-hmm. you know, what's really funny in Chinese, it's "ta." Oh, interesting. Oh, I did what? not know that. <laughs> well, interesting. I guess you guys made tea, right? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Chinese, so we're signing off.
2: All right. Well, thank you, Chow and Ema. You can follow them on ints at what? At Chow C H A U. At Chow. Blow her up, blow her up, yeah. So here's the thing. Okay, so chai tea. I don't know. Someone well, first added an of an all, line? I thought it was chai this whole time. You that's thought it was I a say Jewish. It. I call it chai. Can uh, we go with that? I thought tea <laughs> was invented in Israel. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. Uh, they wh- say China. Okay, so what do you? Yeah, do do? Are they very proud of their tea in China? Bubble tea and all that stuff, or no? Yeah, I mean, all the tea in China is a phrase, yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. Which is why I thought it was really ballsy when when Starbucks came to China. I get bringing coffee, but they also sell tea, all right? And it's like, bro, like you don't bring sand to the beach. Like we got enough yeah. tea in China, and then they also sell Starbucks sells it for like way too expensive. Yeah. It's like $5 for a tea. Oh, yeah, it's like you yeah, realize we're water. in the land of tea. It's the land of tea, yeah. Yeah, you, you can get you it anywhere. You go to the land of chocolate and uh, bring your Hershey's and sell them for a lot. But I want to thank, you know, I have, I have, uh, my wife works for an Indian company, as you know. Oh, yeah. And I, sometimes I go during market week to, like, these mixers where it's, like, you know, all, almost everyone in the company is Indian. And now I got a tidbit. I could give it a little, like, I could go a little, like, TT, tidbit, you know, a little conversation starter. Exa- yeah, you know mean- I I'm on your guys' so you side. You can mansplain it, a little bit. You have a little, little mansplain. Yeah. Tea splaining <laughs> <always, laughs> We're always looking for new things to mansplain. Um, that's my whole life, <laughs> but it's playing out conversation starters. It is weird that people, like, it, it changed from cha to chai. I have no idea how. But also, like, bubble tea is uh, jinju nai cha, like bubble tea. Do you know what that is? No. Okay, but in America, like, they call it boat, like, Bobo tea or something like that. Oh. <laughs> like you can't say the word bubble. Bubble is an English word. Yeah, but like boba, they call it boba. Boba. I don't know where that came up. Where came up. it's like the little tapioca balls in that in uh in milk tea. You know. Yeah. So I don't know. Americans are idiots. Yeah, that's the I point. Don't anyth- I don't put milk in anything. I don't put milk in coffee, so I'm not gonna put in tea. So I'm uh, not gonna try that. All right. Well, that's it. But thank Maybe- you for answering us, and now people answer more frequently because you never know. You know, we might find your ants and we might blow it up. So When you're going to get on lost in America? Even if you forget to tag us now, we are we have we have a team of people interns searching ants for all good, over the world. Good content. All right. Yeah. Let's get to Brian Goldberg. All right, bring him in. Mr. Bing. Yeah. <laughs> We're back with our guest, Brian Goldberg. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, guys. Hi.
1: Mr. Bing. <laughs> yep, it's Bing, Mr. Bing. That's the nickname. There are. So wait, explain. To... Well, Bing means it's Jen. The food we sell is Jen Bing, Oh, okay. right? So the short version of it is just, is, is Bing, right? On the back of my, well, on the back of the t-shirt's a big Bing, and it's Lao Jin, Jen Bing, Goldberg's Chinese crepes, and the last character is Bing. Uh, so it's anything flat, round, and edible and Mandarin's a Bing, and then Jen Bing is obviously what we do is the grilled version of the, the So grape. when
2: was the first like cuz jimbing as you said it's these like crepes, these chinese style crepes that i was have been eating since i was 22 years old when i first got to china there was a guy who sold them for 50 cents on my street. And so can you explain exactly what it is? Is it uh it's flour? Mhm. Mm-hmm. So
1: it's a savory traditional northern chinese crepe folded into a sandwich. That's the easiest way to to say it. More specifically, Uh, It's basically a mung bean flour, rice flour, and wheat flour uh, crepe. But you can also use millet flour. You can use buckwheat. You can use purple rice flour. Every vendor has their different types of flours that they use. Right. But it's not French. It is not French crepes are just buckwheat and sometimes with milk and sugar and it's things French like grapes. that. Very different.
2: Every every girl has been abroad is obsessed with French crepes. <laughs> Nutella, you don't have a Nutella and banana in your – in these things?
1: We do have a Nutella uh, – we are launching – we have yeah. had before Nutella Bing, and we are relaunching right. it. That'll, but it's in a Chinese popular. crepe. It's, right, it's right. a Nutella in it's a right. Chinese – It'll still very do different. well. With so like, it'll do well. When Mr. was the first time Mr. you had uh first time I had it was in 1998 when I was a student in Beijing oh. study abroad I was tw- I was 21 years old and I was went- 21 Wow and you went to Beijing yeah, studied abroad in Beijing in 1998. Uh, you know, I was an undergrad at Brandeis in Boston, and I uh, was supposed to go to medical school, was pre-med, got in early acceptance to medical school without taking the MCATs. I was I was actually a really good student, yeah, I was, and uh, I was supposed to be a, become a doctor like a nice little Jewish boy does in, in New York. And I wasn't going to become a lawyer. That was the other option, right. so I hated, two options. I hated reading and writing and like, with, like, lawyers. That's, I wasn't going to work. So it was doctor stuff. Uh, but then um, – I was dating a girl that I kind of grew up with, actually, who was Chinese-American, whose family-owned Chinese restaurants in our hometown up in Rockland County, a bit north of here. Uh, it's called Khan's Mongolian Garden. And it was awesome. It was one of those big stone, hot stone things, and they cooked the food freshly in front of you, which we also do. Um, and that, I guess, had a little bit of an inspiration to me, right? So um, when I went to college, you know, you had to take a language, so I took Chinese.
2: I don't even know if they offered Chinese. I'm so I went to college in I mean, 2000. He went to Miami. I don't in think Miami. Offer, there was they don't no, even offer English there. there. was one Chinese girl and it turned out later she was from Singapore. So <laughs> yeah. there was no Chinese people in the whole Chinese school. In Miami. So but it okay, so they had it at Brandeis, And then they had an abroad program to Beijing. Yeah, so
1: you know, they were uh, the the abroad program. I went on two they had two semesters. Uh, initially, first semester was in Harbin, way up in the northeast of China. It was a f- 16-hour train ride north of Beijing. Yeah not far from the North Korean border. Really cold. Very Well, we were there in the summertime, so it was actually pretty comfortable. Um, But yeah, it is famous for the Ice Festival. Uh, And the reason we went there is because the the program there was like a total immersion program where you sign a contract not to speak any English.
2: Oh, you did that? Yes. Was that because it was paid for by the U.S. government? It's
1: subsidized by the U.S. government.
2: I knew a kid who did that, and he would have to sneak out. He did it in Suzhou, where I was living, and he would have to sneak out on the weekends and come talk to us. He was like, I just have to speak English. I have been able to do it all week. He's like, but you can't tell anybody. You should have read him out. If anyone finds out, like, my whole thing gets taken away. Why don't we subsidize people learning Chinese? That's very... Well, we got to so, spy it on somebody. They <laughs> seem very American. <laughs> but that uh, sounds cool. Well, So um, were yeah. you one of those people that when you showed up in <laughs> Beijing... You already spoke. I'm just kidding, by the way. But
1: when no, you... a lot of the kids in that program, some of the kids in that program went on to work for the CIA. See? Yeah. There oh. you go. Oh. One of my best friends that I made in, that, in the second semester in the Beijing program, which was the same... <laughs> Style of like sign a contract. You can't speak English. If you get caught speaking English three times, they send you home and you lose the tuition, whatever you paid. So it was a really serious program, and you did have to sneak off campus to go speak English for a little bit with your friends. And <laughs> like, if seriously, and like pray that none of the teachers saw you. Yeah. And what if you talk to yourself? You.
2: Like you're like crazy. You're like, oh, it's in my head. I have a voice in my head. I'm talking to myself. Yeah. It was, it was, it was frowned
1: upon. Okay. <laughs> Frown, so frowned not upon. The CIA, I guess. But um, it was it was amazing. But I mean, we had roommates who were who were from China, like Chinese Chinese that didn't speak any English and they were my roommate was from the countryside of China outside of Xi'an in a small city called Baoji and he not only didn't speak any English at all he had a lisp
2: okay, in English or in
1: Chinese in Chinese so i had to learn chinese a lot from my roommate who had a lisp
2: so did but, you develop sorry, a lisp when <laughs> you started <Yeah>, talking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. He,
1: he, I, I don't know why they came up with the word lisp and put an S in it. I know, it yeah, couldn't they have rough. chosen a different <laughs> word? Really not. I don't. I don't know.
2: Wait. So when did the business thing come about?
1: So, well, when we ate bings every day in Beijing, before school, we'd wake up in the morning and there was a bing cart right outside the school and basically that was breakfast every day and it became lunch and dinner oftentimes and that's when we just sort of casually as like friends in in they are studying abroad. We're like, wouldn't it be, be, be great to bring it back to New York? Wouldn't it be cool to do it in America? Yeah, it was just like a talk, right? A lot of people talk about yeah, people that. always
2: do when they go abroad. Oh, everyone has They're an like, idea. Oh, I'm going to bring everyone. this back to America. This is amazing. Oh, yeah, you know what the main one always everyone. was? Oh, there's a bring back to America, or there's the idea of like taking something from America and bringing it there. Oh, right. That well, as well. You well. Well, you did like, that one. The number one like stoner idiot thing <laughs> was in China, everyone wanted to open a miniature golf course. Oh. Did you know anybody? No. Oh, you, uh, you hung out with the right people. They, don't have, <laughs> wait, they don't have miniature golf in China? No, and everyone I talked to was like, bro, don't. And everyone was like, don't tell anybody, <laughs> but I got this idea. But you cannot steal it. I'm going to open a miniature golf Literally, no one ever. They have did. regular golf in China. They do. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No yes. one's thought of the mini. No one's thought of the mini. <laughs> I mean, all you have to do is get a another... carpet and a. Castle. Another great activity to take the kids and want to kill yourself, but go on. Yeah.
1: The, the Fashionista <laughs> girls would love the mini golf in China because they, lo- they love to wear the high heels. And they, they, when they, some of them go out and play sports, they don't like getting dressed up in yeah. s- sporty stuff, like when they go hiking, you've seen a lot of those pictures of mainland Chinese women wearing heels. High, high heels and a, and a Gucci dress, oh. and they're hiking up a mountain with oh. their with my their. Wife, my wife respects that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <She> <laughs> would not, does not That's yeah. yeah, I think yeah, they would love the mini golf. So you could do that with mini golf. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So as you're saying, all these people had these ideas to like take something from here and brew it over there. But you went to Hong. Wait, where would you start at first? I don't want to jump ahead.
1: Okay, so basically, I I, I opened Mister Bing for the first time in Hong Kong five years ago. Like, lit exactly five years ago, oh, almost to the there, day. Right? Yes. So you
2: only went to China for like a semester, and then you moved back to America. Yeah, so and I had did- a life. So what were you doing back? Yeah, when you moved back after. So
1: I, so I was there six months, came back, and I graduated at Brandeis, and then I did two things. I always had a dream to go to the Olympics. So I chose the sport of luge.
2: Wait, 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 (laughs) wait, 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 stop. What about medical school? Wait, wait, (laughs) I had a dream to go to the Olympics, and then I bought tickets and went and watched in 2008 Beijing. Oh, wow. Your dream, I'm not bragging. I'm saying your dream is much different. You had a dream to be in the Olympics. Yeah. But have you done luge before? Are you an athlete? (laughs) I am. Okay.
1: I am. I grew up, uh, I was a competitive swimmer. I learned how to swim before I learned how to walk. My mom was a lifeguard. Threw me in the water very early, so I... Raced in swimming up until high school. Was decent, but not, like, crazy good. Uh, I also didn't really like endurance sports. (laughs) Uh, But I I played baseball, and then I got really into golf. Played competitive golf, high school, and played uh, uh, college golf for Brandeis, Division 3. It was fun. It was great. Uh, But... You know, luge, I always used to watch luge on, on, on TV in on the Olympics and just thought it was, was, was really cool. Uh, you know, going fast in the ice, I like cold weather. Uh, I just thought it would be something I was good at. I don't know. It's like a balance thing. It's like a balance and a mental sport more than anything else. And uh, I saw a TV commercial uh, during the 94 Lillehammer Olympics uh, that said, if you are interested in trying the sport of luge and trying out for the United States National Development Team, call this phone number, 1-800-USA-LUGE. I was 17 years old. I was in high school. I called the number. I got through. Sorry? Probably the only guy who called it. You can watch this on YouTube. <laughs> Type Brian Goldberg Luge, and you'll see a six-minute long NBC Olympic TV show profile on my on like what happened on my whole life and how this happened. It's, it's, and, and they show that commercial. They show a <laughs> clip from the commercial. Oh my God, we so
2: see. what yeah, happened when you called the number? So
1: I call, I got through, and I signed up for this little tryout, which happened in the summertime on wheels in Westchester, where they put you on a luge sled like and to see if you can steer it down like a concrete hill with orange cones. And I did really well. <laughs> this
2: is blowing my mind. Yeah. I feel like cars. you just blasted through. Yeah. I had like 19 different questions, but I don't want to stop you. Sorry. So, it's a little so diversion. Wait, wait, the wait, wait, story. Wait, wait, wait. training when they're three years old, they start in, like, and like train their whole life. Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> I didn't know you could just <laughs> do it a couple times and be in the. Wait. No, so... it took three
1: years to get no, to the Olympics. Oh, okay. But... Well, wait. <laughs> yeah.
2: so, so. But I mean, 18 and how old you were? 17. 17, 17 right? I just turned 40. Do they still have. Birthday. Can you still just go <laughs> sign up for this kind of stuff? Uh, like, is there commercials on TV now on NBC? That's they like, don't have wanna, 1-800 numbers anymore. You want to join the Olympics? Join... Call us number, 1-800-BASKETBALL, right. you can be on our <laughs> like, dream
1: team. Well, for the weirder sports. and the, the got like, weird sports. Yeah, like luge or ski jumping or maybe curling or like something biathlon, like that. Biathlon? Skiing biathlon, and shooting. They do recruit for it. I don't know if they still really? play a TV commercial like that, but the U.S. Luge Federation uh, does go around the country looking for little kids that might be interested in it, and they try to recruit. Recruit them, like especially if you don't live that far away from Salt Lake City or Lake Placid or cold
2: places where there's a loose track. Okay, because <laughs> okay. like you can't even grow like when you grow up, there's <laughs> sea places all over the place, but it's, it's uh, uh, snowboarding obviously. But yeah, yes. you need to be like near a place where the Olympics have been or something. Yeah, there's <laughs> these, I it's only I grew up near Lake Tahoe, and they weren't come. I mean, an right, hour and fifteen never... minutes away. I skied every weekend. They weren't coming to my school and be like, "Does anyone want to be in the Olympics? Come sign up, even well, for luge, well, which would have been a is winter like sport." A sport where like so many people would like to find. You know, I guess everyone wants to do it. Yes. So you answered this. Okay, so you call the number and they go, "Yeah, come on, come." And you, uh, next thing you know, you're on a like a hill in the middle of the summer. Or?
1: Yeah. So I I did pretty well at it, but they were like, "You're pretty good," uh, but we we're. Taking like ten-year-olds, nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds. Oh, those like, commercials for ten-year-olds. It was supposed to be. I went and I did decently well. I was kind of like on the borderline. Ten-year-olds. Yeah,
2: but they, they
0: did, were, like,
1: like the strength training and you're
2: destroying all the competition because <laughs> you're just <laughs> beating kids up. <laughs> there was a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> like now <"I'll> fight. <laughs> it wasn't just lose. Yeah, they're like do
1: pull-ups, do push-ups, <laughs> like do like all sorts of things, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, You're, like, so easy. <laughs> but like, Billy Madison in second uh, grade. Sort of. It sort of was a little like that, and I was uh I was little. Uh, depressed and disappointed and because they were like, Well, you're about to go to college, aren't ageism. you? And I, huh?
2: That's ageism but go on. Yeah. Well <laughs> it was
1: it was it, I had a, like a scholarship to go to Brandeis and they're like, kid, don't give up your college scholarship to go to a great school you know luge is it's gonna be really tough you're starting a little bit late in <laughs> yeah. life uh you know maybe if you want to try it after you graduate college give us a call and we'll see what you know we'll see what we can do for you so i was really disappointed okay. it was like a shattering a dream right at that time at that time
2: had you what did you do to prepare for this tryout did you ever, did you oh like yes go down a, a skateboard down your street or
1: something or like it's funny that you mentioned that i uh i because i when you watch Lujon TV, they point their toes, right? When they lie down on their back and they look they go down, they have to be as aerodynamic as possible. Yeah. So they have to point their toes. And I used to because <laughs> I have kind of flat feet and it, it's better to have an arch. So I used to go to bed at night and tuck the sheets around my feet really tight at the end of the bed. You know, when you go to a hotel and they, they tuck the sheets super tight and you can't move your feet. There's like Lupe. a side there's, yeah. there's a sidefield episode on about Seinfeld, this. Yeah. Yes. So <laughs> I, I used to do that and tuck and try to get my feet more pointy so that i could be more aerodynamic oh for it yes exactly and i even i think i somehow got the phone number of one of the uh, luge athletes and asked him for advice <laughs> you tried yeah
2: this is amazing He's yeah. listening to the yellow pages <laughs> <laughs> Sort Steve of Steve Lose
1: Mcgee, something like that, something like that. So I did that, and then, but after college, so I did the a college, a Chinese thing, and learned about, and came up with okay. a big idea. But then after college, I didn't, I wasn't ready to work yet. I wasn't ready to work. Didn't know what I wanted to do. So I decided to, I went to Taiwan for a little bit to learn more Chinese and hang out and shoot pool and you know I, it was I, I dated a local girl there that didn't speak English and that's how my Chinese got really good uh, at that time rode a scooter around Taipei I was having a great time and some of my other friends that studied Chinese were also working there teaching English teaching uh, Princeton Review that kind of thing right uh, I came back and I was like I called the luge people I'm like remember me <laughs> I'm like I speak Chinese now. Does that help? And
2: you're like, I've been tugging my sheets in for four years now. <laughs> they and they were I'm like, ready. The Girls are breaking up with me because I tucked the bed so tight. In. So they were like, Actually. Well, you told them you spoke
1: Chinese now. You no, know, this was my angle. I knew you that the an Olympics oh, had Beijing. just happened in Nagano, 1998. The Winter Olympics had just finished. Okay. And they had the newest, most beautiful luge track in the world. And the US Luge Federation told me if I wanted to try luge again, they could send me to Japan. And I could help. I, could, I, I would learn luge with the International Luge Federation, not with the U.S. But because I'm, I have Jewish background, I could get dual citizenship with Israel, Wow. right, form the Israeli Luge Federation. The U.S. would help train me, right, because they needed more countries to do luge. Like, if you don't have enough countries doing a particular sport in the Olympics, it gets kicked out. Uh. Oh! It gets kicked out. The U.S. Out. is
2: definitely the only country volunteering to help an Israeli team form, but <laughs>
1: not <laughs> yeah, just no Israeli. Countries. There was like guys from like this from Idaho amazing. that d- that did it ultimately for Venezuela, and there were guys from there were people from Australia, Liechtenstein, oh, no, all sorts of connections with different countries where they could get dual citizenship or something like that. Oh my god! Right, gosh. and that it happens a lot, not just luge, in a lot of sports.
2: Yeah, that, in a yeah. lot
1: of sports, and it. It's it's getting harder and harder to do that now, but you can still do it. And but at that time, I guess it was a little easier. Um, and they supported me doing that. And I went to Israel and got and Israel was like interested in it at the time. Uh, and I my I was able to translate Chinese for the Chinese athletes from Taiwan and China who were also starting to learn luge because they wanted China to have a team and Taiwan to have a team, right? And, it, that was just happening because especially because they had a track in Japan which was so close to China and Taiwan that they were able to go there and the Koreans were starting to do it now. Korea has their own track now because they're hosting the Olympics in February. Okay. But I was able to be like a coach, like a translator even though I was learning with them together. The coach didn't speak Chinese. The coach was Austrian, German. The Germans and Austrians, they're the ones that dominate luge like okay. traditionally. Right. That's where the sport comes from. Yeah. Right? It's a very uh, Tyrolean Alps, Germany, Austria, Northern Italy sort of thing. That's where it comes from. So, you know, my coach was like a a former two time Olympic medalist, right. Who who I was so lucky to have. And he coached us and the Chinese and the Taiwanese. And I would like translate in the Chinese, like, Push harder on the third turn and move okay. left. <laughs> With these Israeli Little guys, things like that. You know, were the
2: Israeli guys, the other guys all Americans too, who are Jewish, or they, they find some actual. I was the only one that did it for Israel. Oh, you! Oh, you only the person. whole team. You're the whole team <laughs> was the whole team. Oh, you oh, like like
1: four guys. I something. became the Israeli national luge team. Was there a, a really? female, was there a female?
2: Was there a female competitor or no? just no. Team. Unfortunately, not. I oh. wish <laughs> there was. just you. coming. you're this. Put him in nice. Wow, you're and the, the Jackie Robinson of Israeli luge. Sort of, yes. Sort of. And so, mm-hmm. did you, between that time, um, when you showed up in Japan to start training, yep. were you starting from ground zero, or had you kind of been doing stuff along the way?
1: It was pretty much ground zero. I had taken a couple of runs down the Lake Placid track, like, when I was 17, like, during a ski vacation with my, like, high school friends. You were able to go down as a tourist, but it wasn't a real luge sled. It was basically a tray with walls on it, and right. you would careen and, like, bang, the walls all the way down. You couldn't really steer more like it. A ride, yeah. It was a ride for like 50 bucks. You'd get to experience like the luge, right? Um, and you can still do that. Uh, they do it more with bobsled though. And uh, so I really learned from scratch. Like they gave me a sled, and I had they gave me like you know those skin tight lycra racing uniforms and a helmet and the visor and the whole and the whole thing. Uh, and I learned how to I learned how to do it. And I, I was there for like almost a month training, and I worked my way up. You don't start from the top right away. You okay. go like turn by turn, and you work your way up, and then there was like a, the Asia Luge Championships that I participated in, which Whoa. sounds big but was not. Uh, but that got me onto the World Cup circuit eventually. So
2: did you have to do well in that? Or?
1: Yes, I did. You had to you had to qualify. You had to be able to go from the top and achieve a certain time and be within a certain percentage of like the top guys in the world. And I did that for you 3 did years. Within a month? I thought they needed no, people I, I, I they were
2: disqualifying people.
1: Well, the Olympics, to get to the Olympics, <laughs> I had to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it was it was a 3-year journey. I worked my way wow. up different so you were training stuff. this You were doing for
2: 3 years of training and 3
1: it, years uh, but I was also going to Columbia doing my master's degree simultaneously. Like, spring and summer, I was doing school here. And then fall and winter, I was doing luge on the World Cup circuit. So that's that's what I did for three years. And that's...
2: And the same coach was doing, like, all these different countries? The same... Yeah, so the International Luge Federation,
1: they uh, supported all these small countries, small, non-traditional luge countries, sure. <laughs> to get good enough at luge to be in the Olympics, is what basically they did.
2: And I mean, what about, yeah. are you... Do they give you a subsidy yeah. to do this? You live. They give you an apartment or something like that. Are uh, you living got, in
1: Japan, we got paid a weekly stipend that helped cover some of our costs, but not all of it. I had to raise money from friends and family to like. Sure. I had saved up money for my bar mitzvah. I had oh. I had bar mitzvah money left over that go. all went. to And you this still whole have friend. your Israeli
2: citizenship, right? That, 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 I don't. That, it's, oh, a, it's only temporary. After the, like Olympics, the Olympics.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was. So oh, they give you a lifetime. No, I I sort of get. I, <laughs> It, it was a, a, pain, a little bit of a painful story. I qualified for the Olympics for Salt Lake City in 2002. And a few months before the Olympics were about to start, uh, Israel uh, basically said that even though you've qualified for the Olympics and I had the letter and the invitation and the qualification and all that stuff, uh, Israel's policy, Israel's Olympic Committee policy is that uh, if you're not top five or top ten in the world and you don't really have a chance of winning a medal, you're not going. We'll oh really?
2: Not we like to win. It, it <laughs> was well, why like when be represented, so you know. Uh, it was you know. Well, if you're if they're giving, if for anybody or just someone who's like becoming a citizen for the, like if someone was born in Israel, would they say the same policy? Well, or?
1: that was always the question. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. that was always the question. Was there a bias because I wasn't a native Israeli? Right. I okay. didn't really speak Hebrew. I didn't serve in the army. Right. You know. Oh, well, you said you
2: served in the army really late. Well, <laughs> it was a big step to it take. It was for... it
1: was a complicated situation. Yeah. Uh, you know, but. It was an amazing journey. I mean, it was three amazing years of my life. Uh, met some great people. Actually, one of my, my roommate from the Louis World Cup circuit, who went to three Olympics, is actually, he just called me this morning. He's in town. We're catching up. And, oh. you know, so I made some really good friends. And some of them are still, one of them's going to his fifth Olympics this in, in, in Korea. Wow. He races for India. Uh, wow. For India. Yeah. Cap, so, is, he it, Indian, is he actually Indian or does he just. He is. Uh, okay. He's half Indian, half Italian. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but his name is Shiva
2: Keshavan. So well, I'm just training you know. <laughs> Teddy right now, my five year old. Yeah, is a five year old. <laughs> oh, nice. Can, uh, Ruby. Yeah, they'll never be good enough for the American team, but if I train him out, they can get an Israeli top five, top 10 thing and by the time there the female category if it comes up eventually you can
1: also do it for the US Virgin Islands oh, and you Virgin can do Islands. it there's other there's other ways <laughs> <Yeah>. of <laughs> doing it sure. but just try to do it for the US Has first. Israel ever <laughs> had anybody no, since then it's... do they ever have a... so yes so ha- so after i founded it it uh, it also opened the door for other people to mm-hmm. do luge for israel he and bobsled and door. skeleton what's, what's... skeleton skeleton is like luge but head first
2: Oh my god! Go That's first. an Olympic sport. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Why? Just to be more nuts? Like, there's, why would you go head first?
1: Be, well, there's it's different technique.
2: Okay, so after all this, you you're in Hong Kong and you do you st- you're like, hey, those crepes I ate however many years ago, I'm gonna try those Chinese mis- the bing, the, uh, Jimbing bing, I'm gonna try to do that. I'm gonna do that in Hong Kong, right? Start yeah, a small business.
1: I started to think that okay, I want to start my own company,
2: right? I wasn't sure what, but I felt that.
1: I I don't know. I just started getting that pang when I was about 35 years old to make something of my own. I said, "You know what? One day when I die, I want to be able to say that I left something behind, physical and tangible, that changed the world, like at least a little bit." At least have not got that
2: pang yet. I'm waiting. The 40. I'm waiting for the ping to come. you're on this podcast. <laughs> this is happening oh, yeah. right now. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> this it's audio it's will out last out. forever. <laughs> I am here. I'm, I'm here to inspire you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. To well, inspire. no, but that's a good point. So, you, so you're like, why don't I take this thing I learned a long time, or I ate a long time ago, and put it in Hong Kong.
1: Yes, I had taken a trip up to Beijing uh, from Hong Kong one weekend just for fun to go hang out. I hadn't been back in a, in a while. Uh, and we ate bangs, like in the Hutongs, like near Nanlo, Guxiang, and like up there. Um, and I was, it all, all those uh, memories came rushing back. And it was like, oh my God, I wrote that business plan. Let me go find that business plan that I wrote. Maybe that's what I'm going to do. Hmm. And that's what I did. On the wow. side, as a side project, while still working in the bank, I opened up Mr. Bing in Hong Kong.
2: And did they already? Was there other people doing Bing in Hong Kong? Because it's right across the. Nope. No, nope. not at all. Super not. See, that's what it's just <laughs> such a Hong Kong to mainland China. It's such it's like two different cultures. Yes. It really is
1: so different. Yeah. New York is more similar to Beijing than Hong Kong is. Yeah. In many ways. Especially uh, Beijing. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. You know, Hong Kong is southern China. Uh, it is Cantonese speaking. Uh, the food. Uh, habits are very different than northern China. It's a four-hour flight, right? Three to four-hour flight from Beijing to Hong Kong. Um, And it's as different as like Miami is from New York, or Havana, Cuba is from New York. Yeah, actually, yeah, I right. would compare it to that, Puerto like, Rico versus Havana. And it's super different, and there is, you know, uh, there's a long history of mistrust between Hong Kong and China. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, controversy with a lot of mainland Chinese moving into Hong Kong and how they act and all that thing. So uh, there's it was no one no one was selling Gen Bing in Hong Kong, really, ever ever before. We were the first ones to do it. Um, and that's why it became so interesting, because there were a lot of mainland Chinese people working in Hong Kong in finance and law that missed eating bings from the time when they were a kid, right? And they mm-hmm. couldn't find it in Hong Kong. Also, foreigners like myself, expats, Americans, Brits, Aussies, a lot of whom who had been to China or studied Chinese or worked in China also loved jen bings, right? And they hadn't had it in a while or they couldn't have it in Hong Kong. So that's why it became so popular and we made it kind of kind of uh cool and hip and like we played mandarin punk music and rap and hip hop from Beijing and from Shanghai and no one in Hong Kong had ever really heard that music or even really knew that there was like this cool emerging music scene coming out of China, right? And we we'd use Chinese graffiti on the walls and we put all these photos of k- crazy Beijing street scenes everywhere, right? Not just jembing carts, but like you know, pictures from all, like, the cool music venues, like Mao Live House and, like, those those kind of places, right? Um, and we created this little this little subculture right in the middle of central Hong Kong. And people would hang out, and they would eat bings, and they would reminisce about their time in, in, in China. But all the Hong Kong people were kind of scratching their heads.
2: This is what I was going to ask. You <laughs> right. Because as you kind of previously mentioned, yes. Hong Kong people, there's a, like, they... I don't know if the words racism or hate or whatever it is, they do not alike or resent mainland Chinese people. Not everyone.
1: Not everyone. But
2: uh, p- potentially they do. Did they look at your business and be like, we don't want that culture coming here?
1: Most people were okay with it, especially because it was like a foreigner, a Lao Wai or a guailo, like a yeah. white guy from New York that opened this like authentic Beijing street food place in Hong Kong. Most of them were interested in the story, in the background story. It's a cool story. Right. We got a lot of media coverage, Um and it was it was interesting most of them were interested in it some hong kong people liked the food others found it too spicy or too they just they hong kong people don't like spicy food right and jianbing you don't have to have it spicy but it usually comes with with some with some pretty heavy spice to it uh and it just it was you know they're more into their fish or their noodles or their 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 shrimp dumplings like lighter kind of food it's hot it's humid in hong kong jianbing is like a, a comfort food from northern china it's like a heavy comfort food from, from, from Northern China. So it, it just wasn't the right, the best fit, you know, but there was, we all, we did write our menus in tradition, in simplified Chinese, jian right? As opposed to fan which is the traditional Chinese characters uh, that are written in Hong Kong, Taiwan, and most of the rest of the world. But in China, and in Singapore, they use simplified Chinese characters. This is what Mao Zedong sort of implemented right. uh, was this simplified way of writing Chinese, and it's very when people see that, that's very representative of communist China, of mainland right? China, mainland so China. So when a Hong yes. Kong
2: person would see that, they would be like, "Oh, this is a, this is from there." Yes, from the so
1: place. so we purposely wrote our menus that way because it was like it was from because we're from be, we're a Beijing we concept. Be we so want to be authentic. It's Beijing, and
2: but it is all over. Mainland. It's kind China. of spread no. all. Mo- it's it's kind of it spread. Sujo, um, I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know if it was the same kind or not. But I think. It, I mean, I have asked Yeah She said, "Who my wife, who works in your company now," and she said mm-hmm. it was uh, pretty similar, but maybe not exactly the same.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was the our classic. Genbing is done almost exactly the same way that my master chef in Beijing taught me how to do it. So I went around all these different. When I decided to finally launch this thing, uh, I went to many vendors around Beijing and Tianjin and Shandong, where it's originally from. It's actually not originally from Beijing. It's from the province like next door to it. Uh, and I paid for a recipe from this one vendor who we thought was the best, and she came to Hong Kong and taught us how to do everything and helped train our staff. Uh, but we did add meat to it, like Peking, like Peking duck and barbecue pork and chicken. And they don't usually have. They don't meat. do that in China. They don't. They just have like the classic vegetarian one. So yep.
2: what has made it so successful in New York, more successful than it was in Hong Kong? Uh, you, to, to finish the Hong Kong part, you guys closed over there. And then you came here and reopened here.
1: Yes. A lot of learning lessons in Hong Kong. So in Hong Kong, a couple of things. One of the biggest mistakes we made there was the pricing point. We were selling it for three, four or five dollars a piece, kind of competing with dumplings and noodles and other like Asian street, Chinese street foods there, because that's kind of what we are. Um, And I had some people working for me who came from a McDonald's and a Subway sandwiches background, also similar price point there. And. You know, as many as we sold, it was really hard to make a profit, you know, and there was a perception that this is a cheap Chinese street food because Hong Kong people have been to Beijing, a lot of them, and they know that it's like a dollar or 50 cents there for a Bing. So it was really hard to sell it for much more than that. But rent there is like higher than New York. So when I decided to when I decided to close the Hong Kong stuff, um, I moved back to New York. Uh, left finance, took some time off. You know, my parents were getting older. I'm an only child. I'd been away for 13 years, 14 years. It was time to come home, right? And when I came back to New York, I saw I saw this um, this burgeoning food scene, right? Food halls, Epicurean food halls, right? Like Chelsea Market and places in Chicago and LA, the Grand Central Market, right? Like cool food scene, right? And people were looking for new, authentic, regional Chinese cuisines, like not beef and broccoli, not General Cho's Chicken. Like Xi'an Famous Foods here has like 10 or something locations doing really spicy Sichuan, like mala food, right?
2: Specific stuff.
1: Specific stuff, right? And also a lot of concepts. Doing these one food concepts, like soup dumplings, were becoming a big thing. Or like just Korean tacos becoming a big thing,
2: right? Yeah, New Yorkers love like one item. If it feels like something's authentic, something that's like new that they can be, you know. Yeah, they love so, to be able to brag to other people that they've heard of something that no one else has heard of yet. Yeah, so they can go to work and be like, "Yo, you gotta try this, uh, Mr. Bing, yes, Jim Bing." Even if they've never been to China, like it's from China. You should. You don't yeah. get it, like, and then they can feel better than other people. So, well, like,
1: a bit. I mean, I mean, <laughs> they don't want that's eat, like, what I like to well, do. Well, no, no New sure.
2: Yorkers don't want to eat like the regular like Chinese places. Like, they're Chinese. Oh, you're right. In general, not that in as far as that kind of food. Like, oh, but they like, love like newer. I
1: still things. love my general toast chicken.
2: I do too, but I mean, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not your normal eater. But like, they, 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 they like, I feel like you're on some, like, they just love like newer. Like, yeah, look. See it. Look,
1: Jen Bing's a beautiful food. I mean, it's it's made freshly in front of you in just a couple of minutes it's customizable it's got all these bright colors it's got different layers of textures of crunchy and soft and and spicy and sweet and it's got you can high protein it up if you want you can do two eggs and three eggs you can do low carb if you use half the amount of batter you can cilantro mm-hmm. or not and it's just and it's it's super instagrammable right and oh, that's sna- oh, and that's the other thing super yes. instagrammable people love instagram that, that's and
2: important for this uh
1: it's, it's important for everybody it's now huge. no matter what you do my sister like, will it's... come into
2: new york and go <laughs> to a place she saw on Instagram. Like, that's how she knows. Right. She didn't, like, read exactly. a review in the We way. gotta get our podcast on Instagram. Yeah, do we, we, do we, do have, do we have that food or something. Yeah, a picture. <laughs> uh, our picture of us on Instagram is like gonna blow things up. But.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, look, go scroll through your Instagram feed. It's food porn. Like, like crazy, right? And not it's ours is video graphable as well, like Snapchatable, right? You can make a ten or a twenty second little video of making a bing or a part of the bing, or you can boomerang the the egg cracking and the egg cracks and then it uncracks and it cracks oh. and it uncracks or you spin the crepe and then you unspin the crepe. So, so this which, was just a market know, that was like, just
2: ready for what you were
1: yeah, w- it, for so many reasons. For so many reasons, we accept Chinese mobile payments. You can pay with WeChat and Alipay Pay at our stores, right? But using Chinese I can money. I pay WeChat
2: at Mister Bing. You
1: can pay with WeChat Pay at Mister Bing at our <laughs> St. Mark store. At our St. Mark store. Kaplan, you have
2: take... WeChat. I got you. I, know, but I didn't know you put money in it. I didn't know you're like oh, yes, my gosh. yes. <laughs> I'm an old man. i pay in cash. Step up your WeChat game.
1: Yeah. So like <laughs> all these reasons, but the food, the China sub-China culture thing, the China food thing, the uh, the food hall thing, the street food trend here. Yes. Very right. Um, I mean, there I can't even begin to tell you. And no one was doing it here. Yeah. Nobody
2: people, most importantly, nobody was doing it. No one was doing Because right. people Jin love Bing. street food, but they love it to be like not super cheap. They want it to be like in New York, they want so to elevated s- street food. Elevated street food, exactly. And elevated it, street food. And then you've got the corner on Bings, so yeah, and
1: you're That's not gonna right. get sick from it, right? It's like it's it's a street food. In China, no. people love it. But a lot of them don't eat it. Even Chinese people in China sometimes don't eat bings because they're afraid they're going to get sick well, on the yeah, street. Oh yeah, with the whole
2: recycled oil like scam. That's exactly. Going I like oil. to get sick from street food. I feel <laughs> about, it's a right. I, I feel like I'm acid. more authentic, but you know, right? I guess but... I'm, I'm not the norm. Are your customers? Are you finding them? Are they mostly Chinese people? Are they mostly American people? Are they tourists? What is it?
1: It's roughly just by eyeballing it. Honestly, yeah. it's like seventy percent. Uh, just like. Americans and like not non Asian, non Chinese. We're about 30% Chinese and Asian, r- roughly. China, and you know, maybe 20 to 30% mainland Chinese customers. Okay. Right. They really follow us on WeChat.
2: And how did they find it? Like, you mean tourists coming over that have heard right. about it somehow? Uh, tourists,
1: but mostly people that live here. Okay. People from mainland China that live in New York, that go to school here, that work here. Uh, and is yeah. it
2: blowing their mind that they're buying Jim Bing from an American guy in New York?
1: Um. But, it, most yes a, a lot a lot of times not all the time a lot of them have gotten used to it like yeah, they're yeah. like they know the story yeah. and they and they like it you know, they, they 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 like it and they just eat it. But yeah, a lot of for the first time when they come, they're usually shocked and they're so like, oh, Mr. Bing, la jin we pai They <call> you know? <laughs> pie jo, pie jo. They, they take want, they want like to a <laughs> take a picture. <laughs> they want to take a picture with me. And it's like you know, yeah, they, you're, it's, like it's you're Mr. Bing. It's crazy. You're you're Mr. Mr. Bing. that kind my of name, you
2: become a. It's I feel like changed. you should drop your uh, your Brian Goldberg. He's Change yesterday's news. <laughs> <laughs> just Mr. Bing. When you go like Hulk Hogan is not Terry whatever Boella Yeah, he's Hulk Hogan. Yeah, have everyone call you Mr. Bing and then just like it's an inside joke a few people know you as i
1: know crazy story uh we were in maine last summer for a vacation uh we were kayaking on a remote lake with uh, a few other people that were on this little kayak tour and there were some chinese people on the on the kayak next to us and they saw me they looked at me and they recognized me and they're like are you mr bing (laughs) (laughs) and that i was like oh my god Wow. My girlfriend was like freaked out. Yeah, <laughs> she I mean, was she's like, what is
2: going on? Wait, did, you, did you, in... you autograph their, kayaker in
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Autograph their kayak in? No. No. It was uh, it's just it's really interesting. We've really you know, we chat, Chinese people use social media, obviously a lot, so do Americans, but Chinese, in a way I think, have gone more. They use it more. It spreads sure, more, agree. it spreads faster, and sort they're faster imagine. with it. It's just yeah. the story has spread, and the Chinese media covered our story a lot. A Mr. lot, Bing. and they love it, and I love doing it because I get to use my Chinese. It's like one of the only ways I get to keep up my Mandarin these right. days is like doing Chinese TV and radio yeah. interviews. And like, we should have done this interview you know? in
2: Chinese. We should <laughs> <laughs> have. What, what do they call you, Mr. Bing, in Chinese? Uh, Bing Xinxiang or Jim Bing Xinxiang? Lao Jin. Lao Jin. Lao Jin,
1: yeah, because okay. it's gold. It's, it's Jin is my Chinese name. It means gold. It, it works because I'm Goldberg. Oh yeah. And Jin is actually a somewhat common name in in China. Oh okay. There you the go. Gold. Yeah. So and there, you know there's Chin, right? If you heard if you ever hear Chin or last name Jin, J-I-N, that's that's the same. That's my family name. So it kind of works. So they just say oh Lao Jin, Lao Jin. You know so. Um, uh, Old gold. Old gold. 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 <laughs> Old gold. <That's> Old okay. <laughs> yeah. gold. Uh, new in, Bing. Old gold. New Bing. <laughs> yeah, <no.
2: laughs> and and it, then the, because um, people listen to this everywhere around the world, but around the United States especially, everyone's going to be like, when's it coming to my town? When's Mr. Bing Oh, uh, okay. So, Good question. What's your expansion? Do you have ideas for expansion? Or what is it?
1: So we have like, uh, we have four locations going in New York right now. And that's pretty quick. I mean, last year we just did pop-ups around the street. and We won the award for Best New Street Food of New York. It was called the Vendi Award, which was oh, great. The Vendis, yeah, We won the award, I've heard of them. Um, awesome. And then we opened that first kiosk at Urban Space Vanderbilt next to Grand Central Station, uh, 45th and Vanderbilt in January. That one's doing really well. Um, And then we opened the St. Mark's Store, which is technically a pop-up. We're going to see how it goes. That has beer and wine, so it's turning into like bings and beers. Uh, That's at St. Mark's and Avenue A. We just launched our mobile cart uh, yesterday right across the street from here at Madison Square Park, 24th Street and 5th Avenue. Uh, And it's really cool because that's the original way to do bings, is on the street on a cart. So we're really excited about it. It's got a bright neon sign on it. Um, And then we're opening a store in Chelsea, Nomad in January. That's where our office and our commissary is as well. Um, And then after this, it's really, we want to perfect what we're currently doing. You really. We haven't even launched breakfast yet. We haven't launched some of the other side menu items. We got to round out the model, right? Before you expand to other cities or even beyond, you know, in New York, you got to perfect what you're doing. How does changed Otherwise- change? Like, what's
2: because it already has eggs in it? Is yeah, it like you put.
1: So the breakfast bings will be a a little bit smaller. We'll probably do a double egg as a standard. uh, And you'll have like a maple glazed bacon bing. Turners
2: in for that. I'm bacon. I'm all in. (laughs) Yeah. Maple glazed
1: bacon, right? Uh, Double egg and cheese. (laughs) You can have egg and cheese bing. Double egg and cheese bing. Bacon egg and cheese bing. And we'll have the Nutella bing as well, because Nutella is just fantastic. You a
2: lox bing in there to like a little... (laughs) We try to stay away from this.
1: (laughs) Try to stay away from the seafood. But uh, (laughs)
2: but if
1: you want to pay an homage to like my Jewish family and like my mom and my grandma and our family, there might be the mama's brisket bing. Oh. Mama's brisket bing, which is out. like the family recipe. The, there the you family go. recipe for the brisket. Right? Uh we tried pastrami. Didn't work. It's, it's too much. Mi- I like work. the
2: idea you're just trying stuff out though. Why yeah. not? We're you know, trying stuff out. Now it's now's what the it, time.
1: It's what it is. So before you know we mm-hmm. have a l- lot of requests to open uh, around the country, From I
2: think you got open in L.A. because I heard those UCLA players when they're under house arrest, they were being served <laughs> bings left and right. And now they come; they have a hankering for him. Now they're back. They do. They've been there for a week. So you got All All right, well, Brian, thank you for doing the podcast, yeah, Mr. Man. Bing. Thank you for doing it. Um, yeah, everyone, when you come everyone, to New York, go if to his. If you live in New York, go check out Mr. Bing. Please tell him Lost in America sent you. Yeah, let's do that, and will get something. All right, Cap. Let's, water. Get, let's get to the news. <laughs> right, let's do it. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Brian Goldberg, for joining us. Kaplan, let's get to the news. He had a run and he couldn't do the news with us. He did. He had to take off. He had to get back to Mr. Bing. Got to to make those, uh, not crepes, make those bings. Those bings don't sell themselves. They do not. First news story of the week, Kaplan. Oh, this is very local news. This comes to us from the Global Times, which is like the USA Today of China. It's the national newspaper of China in English. Is it oh? Is it an, like an American paper that comes over? It's 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 a, it's a Chinese Chinese, owned, puts a, okay. Chinese government owned Chinese run paper, but that they write. They they hire these hacks, these like Americans. Right. Is it is They're, it in color like the USA Today? Is it like, like yeah so, yeah? It's all that second grade level. Yeah okay. <laughs> they hire these American hacks to write for them to spout their parties, the the uh, mouthpiece. A bunch of sellouts of China. Yeah. So this guy Christopher Cotrell writes an article for the Global Times. It's a hatchet piece attacking Joe Schafer, the video that Joe Schaefer and I did, the viral video about expats in China returning to America and not knowing how to, su- how to survive in America. The very popular uh, viral video. I would viral, it. it has over 4 million downloads, yeah. 4 million views. That's at this like point. HIV level viral. It's HIV <laughs> level. That's what they're calling it yeah. in the news. So this guy goes after us, calls us. He, here's what he says. Last month, it's a, it's a think piece about mm. us and how horrible of people we are. Think pieces in USA Today don't go together well. But they don't work in the Global Times either. <laughs> so C- Christopher Cottrell says, Last month I happened upon a video by a so-called comedy troupe. so-called? Based in Shanghai named Mama Hoo Now that's the, the name of the, uh, the guy who, the producer, his, his production company. Intrigued, I clicked on the link, hopeful to see some professional expat comedians. While Mama who Who does produce mildly amusing oh, content, mildly, this one about reverse culture shock not only fell flat, it ticked me off. Then he goes on to call us racists. Um, he says we're terrible people. He calls us economic refugees who <laughs> went to China after 2008, we're millennials. We had no job prospects in our home not countries. Not very accurate. We both went in 2004. Well, we didn't have job prospects. Neither <laughs> one of us are millennials. <laughs> he said, I hope someone with proper comedic training makes Whoa. a short, funny video. But until then, and, uh, until then, I've yet to watch one about reverse proper culture. proper comedic shark. training? Like, what are we supposed to take, that, a comedy glass? <laughs> so he says everything we say. What we say is like, oh, when you come back to America, like you, when you talk to your taxi driver, it's stuff we've talked about on this podcast. You talk that, to your taxi driver, you're surprised that he speaks English. So you're yeah. telling crazy stories to your friend, and you're like, oh, he says. At, at one point, we're drinking in the back of the taxi. He, tells hey, Wilson Will's Vince plays the, the taxi driver. He tells us to stop drinking. We're smoking cigarettes. He tells us to stop doing that. Ha ha, it's funny. But the best part about this article is Christopher Cotrall. Not only does he call us Hacks, and racist, but then he decides that he he decides to use our premise oh. and suggest his own oh, hilarious pitching. bits. Oh my god! So instead of doing what we did, he says what we could have said is, he <laughs> said his his uh, his observation when he came back is that Americans are disgustingly fat. Oh, so we should have made a joke about that. But then it's a joke about Americans, not about what you were doing. He says, and I quote: <laughs> "Nothing sickened me more when I came back." Than the ever rising obesity of my own countrymen. Right. So this is your typical abroad hates American. Yeah. So he said you should say that instead guy. of say that you could smoke cigarettes in a taxi. But in that wouldn't be saying anything new. And Americans are fat. It, joke it's also not that funny. Although. He, yeah. Go on. And then he says later that we should say that Chinese let their babies pee in bushes. Well, that's funny. So that would have been funnier <laughs> if we did that. I feel like it. if we would have done that, he would have called that racist. You should have had, yeah, I have, you should have had like my kids pee in a bush. You should have been telling, they should have had them for the part. And... <laughs> and then his last thing he says is that he went to a concert when he was in Las Vegas yeah. and he tried to get money out of his bank and then his wife got mad at him because he forgot yeah. that his money, his wife, they had the same bank. They shared a bank account, which yeah. they didn't do in China. That's him specifically. I don't uh, share yeah. a bank account with my wife. Yeah, this is very, this is people don't understand comedy. For stars, it's a comedy video on YouTube it's not like a Listen you know, I don't tell you Christopher Gotrell uh, how to I want we should on this uh, pod t- tell him how to write a hack article for the New York to- for the uh, for the Global but, Times. Well, we might do that. But let me tell you two things. One he's wrong. Kids in America piss in bushes. The nannies I see it in Long Island City they're too lazy to like take the kids to the bathroom. Totally. So they just have them pee in a bush and parents do let them do I that. Mean, but baby pee doesn't count as yeah, pee yeah, anywhere yeah. In I don't world. know what the we one day I'm going to do in LA and that what the age limit is, but we'll say that because I don't know how much how old I can let my kids get away with that. But you know, he makes a mistake here. He's proposing things. What about come to me? Because guess who was not in this uh, Mama Who video? Cablin. I was not in it. So you want to yeah, do? Yeah, you're a bigger racist than I am. So I'm kind of against. Uh, I'm kind of in his camp actually. I was left out of this viral video. If he wants to make one about fat Americans, I'm your guy. Oh. Contact me. We'll, we'll go at you guys. So you'll make a government, uh, sponsor, Chinese <laughs> yes. government-sponsored... Yes, Fat American video. I'll line up some Fat American video. I'll bring the fattest people I know to a casting call. Sounds good. <laughs> Next story. This comes to us from Fox News. All yeah, Ever- right. It's Ever- about the same quality as the Global Times, I'm sure. Exactly. Uh, Paris has finally opened a restaurant for diners who prefer to consume their food in the nude. Oh, who doesn't? The restaurant's called Au Natural. It's the city's very first nudist restaurant. It opened on November 2nd. But here's one thing, Cap the waiters and kitchen staff will keep their clothes on. For hygienic reasons. I was going to say, do they have, like, the, le- the grading system, the A, B, C? Is that based on how hot the staff was? But then you told me. <laughs> it should, well, first of all, i got to say this is a great Tinder date move. Yeah. <laughs> first date, if you want to lay all your cards on the table. Right. You say, we're going to Al Natural. Al Natural. And At it's least, completely naked? Like, it's, like, completely naked. Because I've never been to a nude beach. Have you? I don't. No. Because here's the thing. And I guarantee you the same. It's all fat people, right? Nude right. beaches? Right. Well, I've been to topless beaches, and the only women who are topless are usually, like, not ones you want to at. The only at. guys that are topless are guys with boobs. Well, all guys are topless. <laughs> oh yeah, that's
0: true. <laughs> but yeah. Hey, guys in I speedos think.
2: are the guys with the, yeah. Honestly like I don't know how you go to a place where everyone's naked and if say there are like, hot, like it's like weird. Do you not have a whole mind? It's hard enough to go on a date as it is. Yes. But now you got to be like, "Oh, I can't get an erection." Exactly. But then it's like if you don't get an erection, like it's kind of like, are you gay? Like, what is this? Like, it's really, well, what look, if, well, if you're, you're eating? a so stressfulness to this. What if, what if you're eating some Chinese, some Asian food that, like, oh, it's like good for a man's virility. Yeah, ooh, that's like it. you know. But maybe you want. Yeah, and then I. You're eating a like, tiger. You're snorting a tiger. Changed my whole ordering thing because, like, I used to always never get like things with sauce and stuff. Like, I was always like steak, because I would make a, ma- I don't want to get stain on my shirt. <laughs> well, that's but an upside. But if you're not wearing a shirt, yeah. I, now you're like, hey, and it becomes a whole kinky thing. Like, stain away. Off me? Like, you wanna... <laughs> Edible like, underwear. And what are you allowed to do, like that scene in uh, Sliver where he's like under the table, like fingering her through the things? And like, what, like, where does that go in a restaurant like this? I don't know. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Louis, we gotta, Louis CK needs to stop apologizing right. and start. You gotta lean in. Right. All the sexual predators should be going, they should have a <laughs> restaurant for them in sex <laughs> rehab. Oh, to test them. All these guys who have this bullshit about sex rehab, this is a final test to pass the class. You gotta go to a nude restaurant. You gotta sit there with a woman who's naked across from you. And you have to not not pop a bone, not not jerk off, but not like, in a bush <laughs> or anywhere, and not just grab her. Yes. you have to k- get consent, and you have to sit there kiss. and eat your cheeseburger. Yeah, and I mean Harvey would like that because he likes to eat, but like, you know, <laughs> but you know, all the fat it, guys. And it's got to be specific. Kevin Spacey, he's gonna get out of sex rehab. You got to sit there with some hot dudes <laughs> oh, and no. you know just no. <laughs> sit around <laughs> some kids. <laughs> this is a great idea. <laughs> this a is a billion dollar, dollar idea. Dollar sex rehab. Cha-ching, <laughs> <idea>. cha-ching. <laughs> Plus, you get to eat a great meal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How is the food? They say I don't. Know. I think it's. Fi- I don't know if it's Michelin rated. Or yeah. What, is Michelin going to go in there? But, yeah. we'll Final the news story of the week. This is from the Marshall News Herald in Marshfield, Wisconsin. Kaplan. Mm-hmm. A 38-year-old man in Marshfield, Wisconsin, got locked in a beer cooler all night and decided what is what's he going to do if he's locked in? He's, he decided to stay there and drink beer while locked inside, according to a police report. While he was inside, he was inside from 11.50 p.m. when they locked and closed up the store until 6.13 a.m. During that time, he drank three malt liquors and an 18-ounce bottle of beer. Finally, the police issued the man a citation for retail theft. Yeah, I actually explained to international, like, and even city listeners, because at I, first I was confused, but then I remembered back in Pennsylvania we have these things where there's, like, a giant store that has, like, every beer, and then they'll have, like, a freezer almost. You can, like, it's like a cold room. A walk-in fridge. Like, instead didn't get of that having either. like yeah, instead of having like a slide-away fridge the way you would have like in a, you know, in a supermarket or in a bodega. Yeah, they have so much beer that they have like a giant room, like a cold room. Basically, you go in and you can pick out your cold beers, like if you want something cold. So he somehow got locked in. I don't. The, the, is there I mean, to me, this guy's a hero. Yeah, hero of the week. If you're gonna be locked inside somewhere, you might as well, you know, make hay while well, the sun shines. Yeah, what, yeah what are you supposed to do? I mean, I I drink away. As we discussed, if I'm locked in a gun store, I'm gonna shoot off a couple <laughs> of <laughs> rounds. <laughs> you know? Bing, bing, bing. While I'm waiting. You yeah. gotta kill time. Well, you know, I used to work, as we've talked about before, at Arby's. Yes. And uh, every Saturday morning, I had to get to work very early in the morning because we'd have to pick the deli- – the big Arby's chuck would come in. Of course. You know, people are camping out trying to – people. if the guy had to make it through tight security, people are trying to rob that chuck left I, and right in the street. Get that Bandit street. Bandits are out there. <laughs> so we would have to unload the stuff into the freezer. And uh, it's very sexist, actually. They always have just the guys who do this because it was like – you have to go into this cold room. Okay. And uh, uh, it's a freezing room because they're putting in the roast beef and stuff. And I used to, like, uh, be, like, ter- Like, I used to be – I used to have a fear. Like, what if I get locked in? You can like, eat your way out. Down, I didn't th- that's what I didn't think about. See, I that's but, why this guy's a hero. But, he, but I'd rather be drinking beer. what I'm saying than yes. eating frozen roast beef. And, and I don't, I don't, I really take issue with the fact that this guy got a citation from the police. I think, listen, all these action groups are standing up and marching for whoever. Blah blah blah. Right. We're the alt middle. This is an alt middle cause. This is an alt middle cause. This is where we need to. We need to do a rally. We need to descend. Right. If a store upon fucks up, wh- the store screwed up. They locked him in. He's a lot. He's free brain, you know. I'm sure Mr. Bing would say if you're locked in my thing, go nuts. You exactly. That's you know, my things fault. As you want. Yeah. yeah. You take so. a little blame. Take that, we need to get everyone who's listening to us in Wisconsin get out. Call your senator. <laughs> this is, you know, Wisconsin's kind of a swing state. Sometimes this could be an issue. We got to get this guy we, out of jail. A wedge issue, as they call it. <laughs> yes. So. We'll get there. We'll have a march. It'll be the alt middle. The alt middle the mar- the march on Wisconsin. Exactly. Coming soon. We're back. Cap. That's all. What should we do? We should go buy tickets for the live pod and then we should get lost thank you Brian Goldberg go to Mr. Bing thank you Mr. Bing get lost